Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Precious Heavenly Father, we do love you, we praise you, and we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, all that you've done here at Tikvat, all that you have done in our lives, and all that's yet to be done. Lord, we cannot praise you enough or thank you enough. Bless this message today, Lord. Bless it to the heart, to the mind, and to the spirit, to all that hear it. Lord, accomplish your good work. In Yeshua's precious name we pray. Amen. Mimi and Papa. These are the names our granddaughter has given my wife and I. As she brings us the greatest joy in watching her grow and interact with her grandparents. Becoming grandparents has brought us to the realization that we have entered into a new stage of our lives. In this stage, we find ourselves in a unique position. As grandparents, our schedules are different. Our days are far less hectic. There's more time for play and exploring. And there's always time for pockles. Pockles is my granddaughter's word for popsicles. And we love pockles. My granddaughter, um, what a wonderful experience, an opportunity it is for my wife and I to pour our hearts into a beautiful child as she learns about the world around her in awe and amazement. Our responsibilities have also shifted to our adult son and daughter. We are a listening ear and a comforter in their time of need. We are babysitters, advisors, helping hands, and encouragers. In our lifetime, we have also held many titles. Sons and daughters, husband and wife, mom and dad, Mimi and Papa. These unique positions and each with his own unique responsibility. Today, we see Moses standing before the children of Israel in his final transition from senior leader, prophet, and mediator, appearing more of a grandparent full of wisdom, history, and conviction. Knowing the words that he was about to speak, 
would be his final words to a people he has led for over 40 years. These people represent a new generation of people that God himself has called out of the nations to fulfill his promises that were handed down to them from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So today's message will center around, I am getting a huge, huge echo now. I don't know why. Okay, in today's message, we will address the importance of covenants. Now, I want you to understand one thing from the start. This is not an exposition. This is not an in-depth study. This is what I would call a message of understanding. Understanding the purposes of what a covenant is. So addressing the importance of covenants, I have three points. Point one, what's up with Egypt? And number two, why did we wander? And number three, remember, love, and praise. What's up with Egypt? It's important to remember as we address the book of Deuteronomy that not all the people standing before Moses witnessed the events that took place in Egypt, nor did they experience the fierceness of Hashem's presence at Mount Sinai. Egypt is of course connected to the Passover narrative, yet it's much more than just a celebrated festival day. Egypt is connected to the Lord fulfilling his covenantal promises made to Abraham, which also becomes a vital part in the understanding of God's plan for his Jewish nation. So let's take a few moments to review some scriptures of covenants. Reading from Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 4. Not yet. I'll let you know. Genesis 12, 1 through 4. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get you out of your country, from your kindred, and from your father's house, unto a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. And in thee, all families of the earth will be blessed. So Abram departed, as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed Haran. Slide one. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, Unto your seed will I give this land. And there Abraham, or Abram built an altar unto the Lord who appeared to him. Because Abram believed, key word, believed God's word by faith. 
and separated himself from the land of his kindred, God blessed him. So now let's fast forward three chapters and take a look at slide two. From Genesis 15. And Hashem said to him, I am the Lord that brought you out of Ur of Chaldees to give you this land to inherit, to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how do I know that I will inherit it? And he said unto Abram, Know for a surety that your seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and they will serve them, and they shall be afflicted four hundred years. And also that nation whom they serve, I will judge. And afterwards they shall come out with great substance. And you, Abraham, shall go to your fathers in peace, and you will be buried at a good old age. But, I love when God puts a but in there. But in the fourth generation, they, your descendants, shall come back here again. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And in that same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto your seed have I given this land from the river Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. It's important to remember, and sometimes I think it's easy for us to forget, that God is not a man that he should lie or forget his promises. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is accomplished. We would be better off just to say it's a matter of fact, an absolute fact, that his word will be accomplished. The understanding of these covenantal words help us to frame in our own minds the purposes of God. Egypt was the nation that God chose 400 years in advance. Excuse me. 400 years in advance to accomplish His divine purposes for His chosen people. And it's fascinating to me to read that from Genesis 12 to the beginning of the book of Exodus, seeing how God, through his mighty hand, maneuvering people through dreams and through events, fulfills his prophecy. Were you aware that Moses mentions the word Egypt in the book of Deuteronomy alone? nearly 50 times. And I believe that one of the reasons that Moses chose to mention Egypt so often 
was simply to remind Israel that God keeps his covenant. Abraham's descendants may have found themselves slaves in a powerful nation, but it was by God's hand, by God's outstretched arm, that he delivered his people from their bondage. Slide number three, please. We read from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. The Lord did not set his love upon you or chose you because you were more numerous than all the other people. You were the fewest people. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep his oath, his covenant, which he had sworn unto your fathers. Has, hasn't the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of the bondsmen from the land of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt? These words serve as a warning and a reminder to Israel that just because you see a great multitude of people before you on that day that Moses was speaking. Don't get the idea that you had the might to fight against Egypt. Your deliverance from Egypt came from only one source. Your deliverance came because God kept his covenant. So, Point two, why did we wander? Hmm. In the opening verses of Deuteronomy, Moses recalls the day the 12 men who were sent to spy out the promised land returned. Ten of, this, ten of these men returned with an evil report that discouraged the people and caused Israel to fear the inhabitants of the land. This story comes to us from Numbers 14. Let's look at slide four, please. Numbers 14, two, three, and four. And all of the children murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, would it have been better for God if we had died in the land of Egypt? Or would it have been better if we died in the wilderness? Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? That our wives and children should become prey. Would it not have been better for us to return to Egypt? Wow. And then they said to one another, let us make a captain and let us return to Egypt. In Numbers 14.9, Moses replies to them and says, Do not rebel against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land, for they are bred to us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. You know, I have to say that in all the scriptures, 
these verses trouble me the most. How is it possible? How is it that these people failed to see the awesomeness and the fierceness of the Lord God Almighty? They were witnesses to God's might in Egypt. They were present at Mount Sinai where they feared Hashem's presence. How is it possible for them to think that it would be better for them to return to Egypt? Pardon me if I use a phrase from Dr. Phil. What were you thinking? The Lord answers that question in the following verses, reading again from Numbers 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will these people provoke me? How long will it be before they believe in me? For all the signs which I have shown among them, because all those men who have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, they have tempted me now these ten times. They have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swore unto your fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoked me will see it. And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness for 40 years until all that generation that had done evil in his sight, in the sight of the Lord, were consumed. Slide number five. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And to the new generation standing before Moses on that day, slide six, we find in Deuteronomy chapter eight the following. And you shall remember the Lord your God who led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you to know what to know what was in your heart whether you should keep his commandment or not who fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end for you are a holy people unto the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the people of the face of the earth. It is not because of your righteousness or your uprightness of your heart you go to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of the nations that the Lord your God drives out 
before you and that he may fulfill the word, his covenant, which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Your wanderings, Israel, were brought about through rebellion and through your wickedness by those who chose not to fear or believe in the signs and the wonders that Hashem performed. So all those that rebelled against the Lord wandered in the wilderness and perished as the word of the Lord was spoken. However, there's an upside to these wanderings as well. Do you realize that the Lord used those 40 years for those who did not rebel against the Lord to do what? To teach them, to humble them, and to humble their hearts. So not, the wanderings are not necessarily all bad. It was bad for those who rebelled, yes, but it was good for those that did not. Remember, love and praise. Deuteronomy verse seven, uh, chapter seven, verse nine. Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with them that love you and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Deuteronomy 10, 21 and 22. Hashem's name is to be praised and he is your God and he has done for thee great and terrible things which your eyes have seen. Deuteronomy 10, 22. Your fathers went down into Egypt as 70 people and now look he's saying look around you now the Lord your God has made thee as the stars of heaven for a multitude Deuteronomy 30 19 we've heard this earlier before I call heaven and earth as a witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. And verse 20 that follows, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to his fathers to Abraham Isaac and Jacob we are to offer worship we are to offer praise What I've come to realize 
that one of my prized worship songs, praise songs, actually comes from the book of Exodus at a high point. At a high point. When Israel has safely crossed the Red Sea and is on the other side. And they witness, all of Israel witnesses the destruction of the Egyptian army as the Red Sea collapses in on this army, this vast army. And we know this song. It's a good song. It comes from Exodus 15, 11. In Hebrew, it's called Mika Mocha. Hmm. How is it that we can rejoice and we can praise at the mighty hand of God? God is awesome in all that he does. And we remember Mika Mocha, who is like you, who is like thee, O Lord, among the gods, who is like thee, glorified in holiness. You are awesome in praise, working wonders, O Lord, who is like you, O God, who is like you, O God. When we recognize in our own lives the work the Lord has done in our lives, it brings forth praise, it brings forth worship, it brings joy it brings shalom. And I would like to say that I believe that Moses got one thing perfectly right. Call it the theme, if you will, of Deuteronomy. Giving us an idea of worship that the Jewish community has embraced, where the Orthodox community repeats it three times a day. And when we come here on Shabbat, we recite it. And it does something each and every time. It causes us to remember who God is. And we know it very well. Could I ask that all of you stand and put up slide number seven and stand with me and I want you to repeat with me these words that we know so well. We're just going to say it in English together. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and you shall love the Lord your God with all thy heart, with all your soul, and with all your might and have these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart okay where are we at is that all you had up there okay and you shall teach them diligently unto your children and you shall talk about them when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way when you lie down and when you rise up and you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand 
and let them be the frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and upon your gates. You can be seated. I could think of no better words to sum up the whole of the book of Deuteronomy, that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Shabbat Shalom.